Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Uninvited Guests, the Storied Hotels podcast all about paranormal experiences in allegedly haunted locations. I am so excited to be talking to you about a hotel that I have personally stayed in um, and to... Like, I, I just feel like I have so much more understanding of the feeling of being there. And I, it's just, oh, I, I, can, I can feel it in my mind. And I feel like, I feel like it's going to allow me to paint a vivid, expressive picture for you. That's my goal anyway. Please let me know how I did by leaving an iTunes review when you're done listening to the episode. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if I did a good job. And if I did a bad job, don't tell me. Just tell me I did a good job. I'm too fragile. I'm too fragile. I will cease to exist if you tell me I did bad. And, you know... You might want that, but we'll just pretend you don't. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyways, the hotel in question is the Fairmont Banff Springs, which is located in Banff, Alberta, uh, way up in the mountains, or at least it feels way up in the mountains. I don't really know if that counts as way up in the mountains, because to be perfectly honest with you, it was my first time being anywhere close to what can be considered mountains, but to me, it felt like it was in the mountains, all right? So just to, just to, just to give you some feeling here uh when we were approaching the hotel there was this blanket of trees it was trees everywhere and it was snowy since we went in um december so there's just snow everywhere trees everywhere you couldn't see through them and then out of nowhere the trees open up into this beautiful clearing a massive clearing it's huge it's like football stadium size and in the middle of this clearing is the hotel that's kind of built up onto a rise and, and there's almost like a village around it of different aspects of it, like a gift shop and the spa and everything kind of in a little circle. Uh, and behind the hotel, you could see trees kind of going upwards, almost like cascading like a waterfall, but upwards. Does that make sense? And then behind that, even then there's mountains in the distance that are so far and so huge and so tall that they're covered in this thin film of mist. So everything is just kind of like very distant. Everything feels huge. The scale, if you had never seen mountains before, from the bottom of them. Like I've seen them from a plane, but when you're seeing them from the ground and the scale is so tangible that you can, you can't see them clearly because they're so far away. It is such a cool thing to see. So I really hope you guys get to see that at some point. Um, just that, that feeling of like mountains just being so ancient and powerful. It's just such a cool feeling. It makes you feel very, I don't want to say insignificant in the way that makes you feel bad, but I guess it just gives you like the perspective of just the amount of time and the cosmic scale of our world. It's just unbelievable. Maybe you don't think of it that way and you're just like, wow, that mountain's pretty. And if that's you, that's okay too. Okay. But it might have given me an existential crisis and I I fully embraced that. Anyways, Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel beautiful old building. Let's go over some history just so you guys can really get a feeling for the atmosphere of this building. This hotel opened in 1888 in Alberta. It was built by the Canadian Pacific Railway. So think about like a, you know, they want somewhere for people to go. They want people to take the train. Let's make them take a train to a fancy hotel. Just like the other hotels on this podcast, typically, uh, most of them are kind of a luxury destination, right? They were one of the first in the area that was meant to like wow and amaze people with that level of sophistication and class and ooh, we're in a castle, you know? But at the same time, back then, everything was kind of a castle, sort of. I mean, 1888 isn't exactly medieval, but things were much different in architecture, right? They don't make concrete boxes back then. It's always... A project. It's always art. And I, I, I kind of, I wish we did that still, but you know what? Shit happens. 
culture changes. Architecture changes. So we'll just leave it in the past. It's fine. Anyway, built in 1888. Um, it's always kind of, it's hosted high profile people. It's hosted uh, Marilyn Monroe, Winston Churchill, British royalty. It's always been kind of like the place important people go. It's considered to have an air of exclusivity, which it is what it is, you know, exclusivity. Sure. Love that. Sure. Anyway, let's make things accessible for all people. Um, moving on. It, it really does look like more of a giant castle than a hotel. So when, you, when you're approaching it and you're driving up this hill, you just it comes out of nowhere and it's got this beautiful, grand, wide visual with all these pointed roofs and all this detailed architecture up at the top and things that really have no practical application, but they're there just to make it feel grand. And I love that feeling. I love seeing that. It feels otherworldly. It feels like it's out of a fantasy novel or out of a history book, really. It really does transport you to another time. And I think that lends itself very well to all of the ghost stories that happen there. Because it feels like you are not in the present. It's almost like you are the ghost. Except not really. But we'll get into that. There are a thousand bajillion. Okay, a thousand bajillion might be an exaggeration. Not sure it's a real number. Okay, I mean, I guess there are infinite numbers of real numbers. I can't say a number's not real. You know what? Cancel that. Whatever. Don't even think about numbers because it'll give you the same existential crisis that I had when I saw freaking mountains. And we don't want that right now. You're probably driving. No existential crises allowed. You got to stay responsible. We're all here together. Anyway, let's talk about one of the most prominent rumors of the hotel, which is surrounding a missing room. And I can tell you, oh, you know what? I will tell you, but we're just going to go over the room first. The room in question is... Hotel room 873. Apparently, it's missing. And I can tell you that I went to eight, the eighth floor and I looked for a hotel room 873. We, Phil and I, if you follow me, you'll know who Phil is probably. We walked past every door on the eighth floor. We looked at every door. We're like, okay, they can't, it can't just be missing. Maybe they just took the number down and changed it for another one or whatever. But like, there was no explanation it wasn't like there was a gap in the wall because some people say it was drywalled over and there's a gap in the wall where the door would be. There was no gap that I could find unless it was completely like there. It just felt like there was just, there was no 873. It, I, I, can't, I don't know how to explain it to you. It felt so eerie and so weird to be looking for something that possibly never existed. Maybe it never existed, but the story and the mythology surrounding the room is so strong and so believable that it really feels like it was just erased from existence. Like somebody came through with some Cthulhu magic and was like, Wick, bye, that room's gone now, forever. Sorry you had memories of it. It's like Uncanny Valley feeling. Do you guys know what that means? Uncanny Valley is like when you see a robot that looks so real, but there's just something not quite right. So it makes, it just puts you on edge. Like all the hair on your body stands up. It was like that feeling. It was that uncanny, like what is wrong? And... And that's a very strong feeling to, to actually feel. Don't recommend it, but if you feel it, it's very cool. You might end up chasing it if you're an adrenaline junkie. So the general accepted explanation is that it's been drywalled over. And while every other floor has a room ending in 73, 973, 773, whatever, 873, nope, not there. But the general story and the lore and the legend is that a family of three, a mom, a dad, and a child, a daughter, uh, were murdered 
some people claim the dad murdered them and then killed himself. Some people claim somebody broke in and then killed them. There's no real confirmed story. The hotel never documented it. It probably happened in the 1800s. We don't know when it happened. There is no actual facts surrounding the story. But it just, all of the circumstantial evidence, the fact that it's the only floor with no room 73, the fact that this story exists in the first place, it all implies that this is a real story to me. I, I believe it, right? I believe that there was a family that was killed in that room. And based on that, think about this idea. Think about the, the idea of the father going mad, killing the mom, killing the child. Where have you heard that story in the context of a hotel? Honestly, probably every hotel ever because it's a very common hotel mythology. But what prominent hotel story can you think of? And if you can't think of one, that's your problem. That's a you problem. Maybe you should watch The Shining or read it. I mean, it was a book first, but honestly, the movie's fantastic. The movie's incredible. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. One of the most accepted source material theories for The Shining is Room 873 and the murdered family at the Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel. Um, And it makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, the dad goes mad, kills the mom, kills the kid, or, you know, the movie in the story is a little bit different, but... It all feels like it resonates very well. And when you look at where it is, when you look at where the hotel is in The Shining, mountains, snow, trees everywhere, it really, really 100%, I tell you, if you watch that movie, it evokes the exact same atmosphere as the Fairmont Banff does. It's the same. It feels so similar. So to me, I feel like, you know, they went there, they explored the hotel, and they just recreated the best they could in another location. Because it, it honestly... When I watch that movie now, after having stayed there, which I haven't done, I just pretended I did because I know I'm going to. So that's a lie. But you know what? It's not going to be by the time you watch this. It it, it's so one for one. It's bizarre and it's very very cool. So I really recommend you guys watch that movie after watching this podcast because damn girl, thank you. There are so many stories and so many different you know experiences that people have recounted at this hotel. I personally did not experience these, but uh, people reported hearing violent screams in the middle of the night, seeing bloody handprints on the mirror. Actually, Phil (laughs) tried to scare me by he had a shower and the mirror was fogged up, so he wrote "I see you" on the mirror. And then, like when I went for my, it scared me for a half a second, and then I threw a pillow at him, and everything was fine. But in general. I didn't personally experience anything that felt that way. I experienced some very oppressive feelings, and I'll get into that later. But uh, there is another story that I want to tell you about that has a lot more um, weight and a lot more backing to it. And that is the story of what people call the doomed bride, or sometimes they call it the ghost bride. Um, And there's a lot of different experiences that have been told with this. None of them are the same. And then there's also when I was driving from, we went out one night, we were at a bar, we took a taxi home. The taxi driver told us about an experience he had. Uh, But I want to tell you what I found online first because it's generally the more prominent story. It's the one everybody knows about. The story is in the 1930s, a a new bride was there and she was actually super thrilled about her wedding. This is not one of those, oh, he left me at the altar and I killed myself stories. This is a bright, optimistic day. Imagine so much joy. She was thrilled. Everybody was so excited. It was a beautiful, beautiful wedding at this beautiful hotel in the middle of a beautiful clearing in the middle of some beautiful mountains with some beautiful trees and beautiful snow. Everything was hunky dory. Okay. Great feelings, great vibes. The vibes were solid, even though it was 1930s and the word vibes had not been, you know, made up yet. Vibrations was, but you know, they didn't really use it in that context. So we're just gonna uh, go with vibes anyway. All right. Listen, listen, I had a story for you. This poor, poor bride fell down the curved staircase at the Springs to her death. And listen, I saw these curved staircase. Kind of scary kind of freaky. You know, I, I don't feel like I was going to fall, but if you fell down it, you would hurt yourself. 
So don't do that. All right. Don't fall down the springs staircase. Don't do it. Be careful. One step at a time, you know, right, left, right, left, whatever you got to tell yourself, don't fall down the stairs at a hotel that's probably haunted because then you'll be a ghost and we don't need that. All right. We don't. So she fell down before the wedding festivities even began. Um, and then the prominent story alteration, like something that just makes it even worse is that some people say she caught on fire while she was falling due to a candle or an open torch. Cause they didn't really have like full, I don't, you know, I honestly don't know if they had full electricity by 1930s. Um, I think they did, but apparently there was an open flame and she was literally on fire. So imagine a bride, best day of her life, falls down the stairs and catches on fire. Are you kidding me? The mood shift there would create a ghost in any person. They could be the happiest person on the planet. They'd be pissed when they were dead, right? Vengeful. Damn. Regardless of whether or not you believe she caught on fire, staff and guests all report seeing her dancing um, or walking up and down the staircase. And the taxi driver told me he saw her on a balcony and then she jumped to her death, which is really interesting because that's not really aligning with the story. But I find it hard to believe there'd be two separate brides so maybe this ghost realizes she's a ghost and she's like miserable. So she's just jumping off a balcony so she can die, but she never dies because she's a ghost. I don't know. That's really horrifying. Very existential. What is with this hotel and giving me existential crises? It needs to stop it. You know, I might just never think of it again. I might block it out from all the trauma that I'm experiencing right now. I hope I don't because it's a cool hotel and I want to go back. But damn, these are some very warped stories. Very scary. Very horrifying. I don't like it. Frick it. Whatever. The ghost bride is actually so prominent and so famous. She has her own collector's coin and stamp collection from the Royal Canadian Mint. I don't even know what the Royal Canadian Mint is, but I know lots of people like to collect coins and stamps. And I'm guessing that's what that is. So if y'all collect coins and stamps and you know about this, please actually tell me about it. If you have Twitter, I want to know. I want to see pictures. Send me your pictures of your stamps and coins if you got one. If that doesn't like depreciate their value or something. I don't know how coins and stamps work, but I'm curious. Let me know. All in all, it's the hotel itself doesn't market itself as being haunted like the Crescent does. Um, but people generally agree it's haunted. When Phil and I were going there, several people were like, okay, listen, you're going to see ghosts. That place is haunted as hell. Everybody, everybody we told was like, oh, you're staying there. You got to be careful. And I think that's really interesting that it has such a strong cultural prevalence in the area. Even in the in the town, people are like, oh, you're staying at the Springs. That's spooky. That's why the taxi driver told us about it on the way back from the bar because he knew and he had his own personal experiences with this hotel being haunted. So I, I just think it's incredibly cool that it has so much power in the cultural, you know, cultural mind and in the area that everybody universally is like, that they have their own experience with it. Even if they've never stayed there, they know it's haunted. I think that is incredibly powerful. And it's interesting to me that they're not embracing that and marketing it that way. I understand why they're not. It's not really the, the market that they want to tar target and capture. Um, but, you know, normally when a company like that size specifically avoids that, it doesn't catch on. But it has even more than their own marketing. And I think that's really interesting to think about. Even from like, a business perspective if you want to get real smart about it um but also you know it's just interesting to think about in my mind alas <laughs> that's a word I use in a regular conversation alas 
I want to, you know, pull you. Did I even use that correctly? You know what? At me on Twitter. Tell me if I used it last correctly. Anyway, let's go back. Let's 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 backpedal a little bit because there's actually um, a website that was brought to my attention pretty recently. Shout out to Taxi Mike. He actually compiles a bunch of different ghost stories that are emailed to him directly. So these are like from the source. These are directly ghost stories. So there's uh, one or two that I want to read you from this website. So I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to read you word for word and like add my own thoughts as we go. Um, so this is an email sent to Taxi Mike. Uh, from a website visitor all the way back in November 2011. So he says, hey, Mike, I was very happy when I found your site regarding the Banff Springs Hotel. So there's a whole site dedicated to this place. You know that there's a million stories. Like it's, I tell you, the culture surrounding this place is so intense. My... My husband and I just got back from a week-long getaway. It was amazing. The amount of history in that place blows your mind. So like I said, it really feels like you're going back in history when you're there. It's so intense. I was hoping that you might know a bit more about some of the details regarding the spirits of the hotel. So he's going to respond to this story. He's going to give his own thoughts on, on, on what this person's about to recount. Right from the time my husband and I reached our floor, there was definitely an uneasy presence. That's exactly what I told you guys. Your hair stands on end when you're there. Sometimes I'm not bothered by the vibes they give. Did I not use the word vibes? Goddamn. Okay, listen. Although this one was unsettling. We were staying on the seventh floor, room 730. When we entered the room, it felt very distant. I'm not sure how to explain it. I had a very uneasy feeling. There was definitely someone there. Okay, so when I entered my room, I used the word oppressive. Like, it felt like the walls were kind of like, it felt like they all came to a point really high up above us, and they were kind of like closing in from above us. But the room was a square. It wasn't a triangle. It just felt like so far away. That's a great way to describe it. I'm really glad this person described it that way. Not wanting to ruin the trip, I tried to ignore it the best I could when I would get a glance from the spirit they felt there. Um... They would just look the other way is what they said. Ignoring it for the first three days was working great until one of the massage girls mentioned that when she came to get me, she felt something else with me. Interesting. I didn't visit the spa and I was only at that hotel for two days. So if I had stayed longer, perhaps I would have experienced something more paranormal because I definitely felt something there, but I never saw anything that I could say was like an experience. So once this massage girl confirmed it, I did pay more attention is what they said, which was very distracting. After my massage, when we were going back on our way to the room, I grounded myself. I was very polite and told it it was time to go, that they didn't need to be here anymore. So they laid claim to the room. They said, please just leave us in peace. We don't want to disturb you. We just want to have our trip. So I'm guessing this person didn't know it was haunted when they were on their way there, which is interesting um, that they picked up on it without knowing any of the rumors, right? I think that speaks to the level of atmosphere and the feeling of this place. That night, which happened to be my birthday, I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the washroom. When I opened my eyes, I was paralyzed. I was scared. I could not move. It was like I was being pushed into the bed. So this person's describing sleep paralysis. I talked about this, a very similar experience to this in uh, the first episode of the podcast, the um, Crescent Hotel. And I, I always reference this episode because it was the most intense paranormal experience I ever had. And it was the reason I wanted to start this podcast in the first place. So if you haven't actually watched that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it um, because a lot of my views and reflections about the paranormal come directly from my experiences there. Anyway, this person's experiencing sleep paralysis. They can't move. Their eyes are open, but they feel something near them. Um, they tried to call for their husband to wake up, but had no voice. I could feel something over top of me. Then after a few minutes, it went away. So this feeling of having no voice I've experienced, because I, I, I tried to call out to my mom once when I was having an experience like this, and it was just air. It was like I could, my voice never existed. 
It wasn't that I lost it. It was that it was never there to begin with. Really weird feeling. If you guys have experienced this, I want to hear your stories. Tell me, at me, email, Twitter, whatever. I want to know. The last few days of the trip were good. Our hotel room after that seemed a bit more relaxed. So it was kind of like she asked them to leave and they got a reaction from the spirit, which I think is a very normal thing. Um, you know, if, if you engage it, it's going to become stronger. But perhaps it was just trying to tell it, you know, perhaps the spirit was just trying to tell you, hi, I'm mad at you, but you're not worth my time. That's the vibe I get from, from reading this. Um, I would get pings of energy through the hotel, but not the kind of negativity I received from our room. On the last day, my husband went down to start the truck, and I was in the room alone. I glanced across the room and instantly noticed the picture of a little girl sitting on the chair in the corner popped into my head. It wasn't that, you know, she saw a photograph. It was that she just felt like there was a little girl there. She didn't see it with her eyes, but she felt like she saw it in her mind. And I think that's a really interesting way to experience the paranormal because it's almost like you're sensing something. When people say, oh, I sense a presence in the room, I think that's what they mean is that they feel like there should be a little girl in that chair, but they don't see it with their eyes. And I think that's one of the most pure ways you can experience this is listening to your intuition and saying, okay, my mind's telling me this is real, so I'm going to listen to it. You know, I think that's really a, a, a very pure way to experience it. She sat swinging her feet, so I said goodbye um, and left. And so this this person that sent this email to Mike is wondering if you've ever have come across any of the other spirits with their real names. This little girl really has my attention. I wish she would have come to me before I had to leave. Thanks, signed Bree. And then Mike responds, hi, Bree, pretty chilling story. Usually I get stories about Sam, the bellman, who seems to be a friendly ghost. You seem to have stumbled on the room 873 ghosts, who, if I believe, if you believe the stories, are the ghosts from a husband who murdered his wife and child in rooms 873. Um, and then he says, this is rumored to be the inspiration for the story of The Shining. Um, one of the reasons room 873 is blocked off, like, you know, if you believe the rumor that it was, it was drywalled over, right, is because of a child's fingerprints that keep appearing on the mirror, even after being cleaned off among other strange happenings. So he's basically, uh, confirming that the family he experienced, even though they were on the seventh floor might've been from the eighth floor, which is not very far from them. If you think about proximity. Um, and I, I, I think that's a really interesting take the oppressive feeling, you know, the sleep paralysis experience might've been the dad that murdered them. And that child might've been there to protect her. Right. You know, it was in the chair. It was trying to keep the room happy. So when she experiences these other energies, maybe the dad had left, you know, left her alone, but the child was still there just, you know, keeping her company. I think, um, when you experience changes in energy, I don't know if that's necessarily the spirit changing. I think it's maybe a different spirit coming to you. And I, I like to believe it that because there's, there's gotta be so many energies and spirits out there. Um, and a lot of the ways we view them are that they're kind of unchanging. They're static, almost photographs of a person, right? It's like that person in that moment forever. So if this little girl has that innocent, beautiful energy, every time she's there, you're going to feel that. Or if this father is captured by his murderous rampage, every time he's around, you're going to feel that unease and that threat. And I think that's a really... Um, common way to view it. And I think it makes a lot of sense. So, uh, that was a really cool story. Thank you, Bree. And thank you, Mike, for sharing that. Uh, so if you guys want to hear more stories from the, um, Fairmont Banff Springs, I recommend you go check out the website. It's really cool. You can just Google, um, Mike Banff Springs Hotels ghost stories and you'll find it. No, no trouble at all. Should be the first result. Should I read another story? 
so I want to wrap this episode up, but I just, you know, I, I think if you're open to paranormal experiences, like, you know, you might be watching, you might be listening to this podcast just because you want to hear me talk or you like the ghost stories, but you don't really believe in them. And that's fair. But if you really do believe in the paranormal and you believe in like energy and things like that, I think if, if you, if you think about it in that context of these energies are unchanging, but you can choose what you let in. I think that is a big reflection on the way we live our lives, on our mental health, on our, on the way we view ourselves even. It doesn't have to be spirits. It can just be the feelings that you let in. And I think there's always, you know, it's always important to have a balance. I'm not saying only positive thoughts because that's kind of destructive. But I, I think it's interesting to reflect on the way we communicate with feelings, right? Because this person had a feeling in this hotel. They communicated with the feeling. They didn't see somebody. They didn't know for a fact somebody was there, but they communicated with the, the, the air around them and it changed things. And I think if we apply that to our lives in every single way, I don't know, I think that can bring about change. And I've, I've been experiencing things like that, not even in a spiritual context, but just in the context of the way I want to live my life and what I'm giving attention, what I'm giving my energy to, what I'm letting into my mind. I think the way we control that is very interesting. And I think it's very tied to the way we view the paranormal, you know, because if you believe things in a very clinical, um, you know, very scientific light, you might be able to also have that paranormal view. But I think it's a lot harder to manipulate your own thoughts. And I think if you view it in a more spiritual way or in the way that I do, I think it can change your life. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm not saying you should do anything one certain way, but I encourage you to explore that thought on your own. Um, if you have any thoughts, I encourage you to reach out to Storied Hotels. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram. Leave a comment with any of their posts saying, oh, you know, I listened to the Uninvited Guest Podcast. Here's my thoughts on this. And um, they'll get back to you. We can have a conversation. It's very cool. You can also follow me on all social medias at Steph Sanyadi, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Find me. Talk to me. Let's talk about your ghost stories. I want to know more. So until next time, which, you know, there might be another episode already. I hope there is. I hope you can go listen to it. But if there's not, I look forward to speaking with you again. Uh, Just be mindful, you know, try to think about the way you think, think about the way you feel. Um, And I, you know, I hope ghost stories and things like that can really lead you to these different revelations and these different ways of thinking in your life about things that are totally unrelated. And I, you know, I I think it's important to reflect like that. So I hope, I hope this has helped you in some way. You know, I hope the story entertained you, but I also hope I left you with some thoughts and some exploration to do, some homework, if you will. Let me know. Let Story Hotels know. Check it out. Check it all out. I love you so much. I will see you again soon. Enjoy your drive. Enjoy your day. Whatever you're doing, I'll see you again. Bye.